One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. You're listening to the Fight Night podcast on Talk Sport with me, Gareth A. Davis, and my grey old mucker, Adam Catterall. First of all, we talked about the situation with Anthony Joshua facing the number 27, or maybe it was 29, fighter in the world at heavyweight, Jermaine Franklin. It's been announced. It's in April. Joshua's climbed down, really, after 12 world title fights in a row. Here's what me and Adam think about that. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, Gareth, because I know that you speak to Mr. Hearn quite a bit. Um, he was asked a few questions this week whilst he's been out in New York promoting uh, the Amanda Serrano uh, and Cruz Undisputed fight this evening. He was asked a few questions and my name came up as part of uh, the conversation. And um, obviously one person mm-hmm. put my name towards Mr. Hearn and he reacted talking about me being contradictory. Now, what he's referring to, if I could just flag this up, is that when Anthony Joshua lost to the pound-for-pound number one, in my opinion, Alexander Usyk. I said that Anthony Joshua needs to go away. He needs to find the eye of the tiger. He needs to go and knock some people out. He needs a tune-up. That's the exact words that I used. Mm. Now, when I was saying that, I had an idea of the level of tune-up in my head. Obviously, this week, we're going to be finding out that that tune-up, which everybody, I think, expected Anthony Joshua to have, is going to be against Jermaine Franklin. My, My opinion is that Jermaine Franklin is too far of a step backwards for Anthony Joshua. He is the former two-time unified heavyweight champion of the world. He's about to fight a guy coming off a loss who is not ranked by any sanctioning body and outside, well, just about in the top 30 heavyweights in the world. I think that's too far back. Personally, I think Anthony Joshua Dillian White is the fight that should be happening. That's where we should be going for Anthony Joshua's next fight because I think he learns an awful lot more from that than he does against Jermaine Franklin. If he blows Jermaine Franklin away in two rounds, three rounds, four rounds, what does he really learn from that? I don't think he learns too much. People will tell me that he's betting in with a new trainer. Great. But for me, Anthony Joshua is in the top five heavyweights in the world and this is too far of a step back for him at this stage of his career. Well, I mean... Yes, you're right in a certain way, but you but you're rewriting history there, because you know when when a great fighter has uh, had a couple of losses and he's had back to back losses over two years, um, they very often in the history of boxing have been given a chance to to come back again. Um, when um, Muhammad Ali lost to and it's coming the dates coming up February the 14th Valentine's Day when Muhammad Ali lost to to Joe Frazier in 1971 he got a chance to in between times before he fought Frazier in the rumble in the uh, in the in the thriller Manila and he fought uh, George Foreman uh, in in Zaire in in 74 he got a chance to fight other fighters like Joe Bugner and other, you know, he fought 10 times between 72 and 73, I think it was, or 73 and 74. And I think, you, you know, there are a lot of people will side with you on this argument, but I think it's a good opponent. I know he's only ranked 29 in the world. I was there live when he fought um, Dillian White Dillian. in November. Yeah, and he put up a good fight against him. You know, he, he's, he's, he's got desire 
Uh, I think Anthony Joshua knocks him out in five or six rounds, and we'll all say, what were we worrying about? There's a little bit of banana skin involved. Freddie, um, Eddie, rather than Freddie, has put pressure on him mm. by, by saying um, that, you know, that there's not really anywhere to go if he loses this fight, and he can't afford to lose it. I think he knocks him out in five or six rounds, and I think he knocks Dillian out. Dillian might, may not appreciate me saying that, but I think um, Joshua... Do, you said Yard earlier, by the way, so you've still got Anthony Yard in your head. Um, Have I? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm not... I'm the same i've been talking about him all week um and and i i, I don't I don't have any resentment about this. And, and what will happen, and you're right, people will say if he knocks him out in five rounds or he goes 12 rounds with him, he'll be damned if he knocks him out in five rounds and he'll be damned if he goes 12 rounds with him. He shouldn't go 12 rounds with him, but it's just the situations he, he is in. He's a victim of his own success. We all know that at the moment. And all he's trying to do, I think is look spectacular for a couple of fights. That's what Eddie wants him to do. We all remember the last fight of a fighter. That's the weird thing. It sticks in our memory. Um, I can't argue on one side, but this is the way boxing happens in another. Even the great champions, you know, Rocky Marciano, um, Joe Lewis particularly, they used to say he was fighting bum of the month at one point. Yeah. That was what the media called it. Do we not need to change those attitudes, though? Because me and you obviously have these conversations all the time on this program about trying to attract new fans, keeping new fans interested, bringing them to our sport. And um, we're seeing fans obviously gravitate towards MMA. There's nothing wrong with that. But they're also gravitating towards this misfit stuff, which I've got a mm. bit of a problem with mm-hmm. and various other bits and bats. And I think that comes down to years and years of fans not getting the fights that they want to see. Anthony Joshua is still the money in this division. I don't care what anybody says. He is still a commercial colossus. Yes, he's coming off the back of two losses, three losses in his last five. I get all that. But two of those losses are against the pound-for-pound number one. The best fighter on the planet, in my opinion. Other people might argue that, but Alexander Usyk is the absolute business. There's no shame in that. I just don't want Anthony Joshua to go all the way back here where I actually think he only needs to go here, really. He should be fight. fighting Dillian, is that what you're saying? Yes, he should be fighting Dillian next. I yeah, think it's the yeah. perfect matchup for them both. I don't yeah. see the point in having that interim fight before Dillian. Have mm. the Dillian fight. Mm-hmm. And if he looks spectacular against Dillian, then all of a sudden you're going, Anthony Joshua's back. But if you do that against Jermaine Franklin, I don't think a lot of fans say that. They go, well, you know, we kind of expected that. He should be beating that level of opponent. So where is he really? We don't really know. I think a better level of opponent will give us more answers. That's basically my point. Yeah, um, look, I think you make a very, as I say, you make a very very valid point. It's something that mixed martial arts doesn't do now. As you say, there is a crossover element. There's There's a parody boxing element now. There's a... You know, there's an ambushing, a hijacking of boxing, if you like, as the platform to uh, for to, for people to to be entertained with with grudges between people to fight each other, and and even though we've come out of a week when we saw pure boxing, we saw from the sublime to the ridiculous last weekend in in a way because <laughs> we do yeah. we we saw a WWE face off, and then we saw one with between Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, mm. which is, you know. Uh, I, I, I say it, I've said it loads of times now, and I'll say it more than once on the show tonight. It's an area title worth millions of pounds and millions yeah. and millions of views online. It may do millions of views online because of the mm-hmm. followings the two men have, um, and, and and how it's gathering momentum like a snowball. There's the the other side of it is pure boxing. Um, I don't disagree with you that Dillian White would have been a very good opponent next for Anthony Joshua, but he's had 12 world title fights in a row. I did yep. write a column about this the other day and I, I'm in the Telegraph, and I think he's in a difficult position. I'm fascinated to see what numbers it will do on DAZN, his first true fight on purely the DAZN platform on pay-per-view, I imagine it will be, if it is. It can't be pay-per-view. That well, fight, I know he, I know well, he is... Well, we don't know yet, do we? We're gonna, it's going to be announced no, we next week. We, we believe that Anthony will be in London next week. Um, yeah. There's things going on in New York today. They've officially announced it. But um, look, th- there is a time. This is a time of change, and it could be a time for change in boxing. But when I look at that word, I say the algorithm. They do need to build boxers sometimes. There's there's a there's a there's an there's a way of building boxers. It, people might not like it. Boxers need to be stepped up. Even with Anthony Yard, by the way, the two Lyndon Arthur fights, the Sergei Kovalev fight. Beyond that, he hadn't had yeah, major major fights going into the Better Beer, the Arta Better Beer fight. And there is a there is a there is an argument for people at like Anthony Yard that why hadn't he fought? 
the Callum Smith, the Joshua Boatzis, the, the Craig Richards, the Dan Azizes of these worlds, before mm-hmm. he fought these world titles, it's unfortunately the way that boxing's fractured with promoters and broadcasters, they're, they're in their own... They're on their own motorways, aren't they? That one's on the M1, one's on the M4, one's on the M11, and they're going in different directions. And it is something that I think could be changed. Um, and, and I know we're going to talk to him later. You have to appreciate and, and, and give praise to people like Joe Joyce for stepping in, as you mentioned earlier, he's fighting um, Zhang, Zheli Zhang. I mean, that's a, I mean, I mentioned it I as mean, well. I mean, look at that. Look at that. That is fight. perfect. It's an incredible fight. It's a real Joe jeopardy jo- fight for Joe Joyce. Yes, I agree with that. Joe Joyce is in a situation where he should be fighting for the heavyweight championship, but sadly... Those belts are all taken by two men, and we want those two men to fight each other. So George Joyce has to do something. So if you if you look around at options, obviously he's the WBO interim champion. He's got to look down those WBO rankings. He's taking on uh, a guy that's in those rankings, who is a solid fighter, an Olympic silver medalist. That's a good, if you want, I hate the term of tune-up, keep busy fights, but that's what that is. It's a solid fight. I just think that Franklin's just too far of a step back for an Olympic gold medalist and former two-time heavyweight champion of the world. I cannot argue with you. I cannot argue with you, but I understand why they've done it, Ed. Well, it's a serious subject for boxing and it's the aftercare of fighters. Cal Brook, in a video this week, snorting some kind of white powder. Someone put his uh, the video out. We understand it's a friend of his or someone certainly put it out. Cal um, has responded and has apologised on social media. Um, I understand. I, spoke, I reached out to him this week, spoke to his uh, parents. He's in good shape. He's fine. He's going to get back in the ring. He's going to get back into training. Here's what we think, Adam and I, about aftercare for fighters. We follow their narratives. We follow their journeys. We need to care about them after they've hung up the gloves as well. A former world welterweight world champion, Kel Brook, uh, a video published by the Sun newspaper showing him uh, appearing to snort a white powder uh, in a home. I don't know whether it was a party, but it was either in his house or somebody else's house. Um, In the aftermath of that video surfacing, Uh, Kel has uh, come to social media admitting that he is struggling with retirement. He's seeking help for uh, mental health problems. uh, And he has obviously issued an apology uh, to anybody that uh, the video has uh, has upset. Uh, The question that obviously then comes off the back of that, when you see a a fighter, a retired fighter that is open uh, and uh, honest with the struggles that he is facing now uh, in retirement after his career has, has ended, uh, the question is, does boxing need better aftercare? Now, there's, I think there's two elements to this, Gareth, because obviously we've got fighters and a large percentage of them, 90%, 95%, that when they do retire, when they do call time on the game, they haven't got the amount of money, the financial needs uh, to be able to, you know, go and live on a beach and go and a- enjoy the, the, the fantastic career that they had and go and enjoy a, a, a new life. They often have to look for new incomes, new careers, and, and and various things like that. So there's that element of this, support from a financial point of view. I don't think Kel's in that boat because he's made an awful amount of cash, and I'm, I'm, to my knowledge, he's invested well, and he still has that cash. But there is the element of finding that secondary purpose. Ricky Hatton speaks about it very openly and obviously went down a different route to try and create the highs that he once had in front of all those fantastic fans. Tyson Fury is very fearful of it. Um, and that is why he openly admits that he he came out, well, he said he retired and then came out of retirement uh, last year. And obviously now we're experiencing it with Kel Brook. It happens time and time again where sports stars, not just boxers, but sports stars that have been at the top, have listened to the fans, the 20,000s, the 30,000s, the stadiums sing their name. And then when all that noise stops, it can become a very, very lonely place. Do you know, what's weird, Ed, is that I reached out to Kelbrook this week and he's changed his number, but I know his mum and dad, Terry and Julie, I know them very well. I've sent them messages. Um, I'm I'm hoping Terry gets back to me tonight because my understanding is that Kel is with his mum and dad. I I reached out to Dominic Ingle as well. Um, He's hoping that Kel's going to get back in the gym with him next week. Two years ago to the very day, right? What is it, February the 4th today? Yeah. Yeah, right. February the 4th, 2020, in the Telegraph, I did an interview with Kelbrook when he talked about his depression. And he's so low, he says, I feel like I'm standing on the edge of a cliff 
and I'm there for days and days. Days and days pass by. I'm quoting him now. I can't go home, can't be around my kids, don't know where I am. And, you know, when he came back for the Amir Khan fight, that kind of awakened him again. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a couple of things here as well. You know, I did the retirement piece with him last year. We we had it on Talk Sports as well. He'd reached out and said, you know, I'm done after he beat Amir Khan. That wonderful night we were up there in Manchester. Uh, a great night. Um, and I had a feeling then that he might need boxing to help him come back again. Um, it's good that he's speaking out about it. Obviously, he was snorting some white powder in that video, which has heralded all of this, as you say. And But I don't, I don't think he needs to apologise to anyone, by the way. I don't know why he was apologising in the tweet, because, you know, we all go through dark times. Um, when I reached out to him this week, it was nothing to do with work. I mean, if he'd wanted to talk to me on the record, fine. But just wanted to know how, he, how and where he was. The big thing in this, as you kind of alluded to at the very start we need some kind of boxers union with the clever guys who know how to deal with people who are wise from the world wise in the world where boxers pay a small stipend every time they fight and whether that's aligned to the boxing border control and the sanctioning bodies i don't know but we need an aftercare service for boxers and i think it has to come in a union like professional football association has a union they can rely on people people who are very good at pastoral care get involved in it whether they be footballers or officials or or people in suit or in life um mm. you know Leon Spinks working as a janitor in a school and wandering Vegas, signing autographs. And, and you know, it's very, you know, God rest his soul. You know, you, it's a very, very tough business, you know. And and, and I do think we, 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 we've reached a point in the world where, yes, it's a primeval sport, Ad, and we love the, 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 the visceral nature of... Of, of this sport and the narrative of fighters. We talk about where they come from. We need to know where they go as well afterwards, in my view. I think that's a beautiful line, and that is absolutely my sentiments as well. I think, and I don't think I'm doing a disservice or being derogatory to a, any fighter. A, a lot of people that come into this game, obviously they've got elite talent, but a lot of it comes down to lack of choice. They, 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 they are fighters purely by nature. They use fighting in order to better their lives. And therefore, school and and academics aren't necessarily at the forefront mm. of, of younger lives. That, I'm generalizing there. That's not for everybody. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, George Joyce, for example, has got a, a bachelor of arts degree, hasn't he? But the, the, on, the, on the wider scale, that is, that is nine times out of 10 the case. So what I, I believe needs to come in is like you've just said that pastoral care that just a place that can point people in the direction of what they want to do next it might not necessarily be within boxing it might be something to book deals media things um training coaching all these types of things where people it seems at the moment where fighters finish their career we pat them on the back and say thanks a lot mate wicked and that's yeah. it we forget about and we forget yeah. about them yeah. rather than say Okay, right. You're coming to the end of your career. Have you have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? What we're going to be doing next? Are we going to be doing this? Because it's you might even you might have five to ten million quid in the bank, but at 36 years of age, that's a long period of your life doing nothing, isn't it? You need you need to be active. These people have been used to getting up at four, five, six o'clock in the morning and, and with a purpose. We all need purpose in life, and I just think boxing can help help those people try and find what that purpose is in their secondary careers. Yeah, and I think what what happens is when you're very prominent and, and when you have a reason and when you have a purpose, you you it's we've all got demons. But show me someone that doesn't have demons. If people have say they have no demons, I don't believe them. It's how we control those demons. And while those while while our fighters are doing what they do best and and and, and physically getting all the endorphins from training and and you know we we all know we've all we're all learning. And mental health is talked about a lot in life now in society, certainly in our society, in the first world. I, I, you know, and it's a first world problem, I think. The, 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 the talk of exercise and allowing your body its freedom and having that freedom of not being stuck in a chair at work or whatever it is. The, the, the fighters live a very physical life. And I think, I mean, I was listening to statistics the other day about, I think 30% of people... to. to 
to, to our cause. You know, boxing is a very working-class sport. Elliot Wurstle mm-hmm. wrote a great piece in Boxing News this week, by the way. He's a fantastic uh, intellectual on fight sports, saying how when, when, when Liam Smith made those homophobic slurs at at Chris Eubank Jr. the other day. It was disappointing to see, but it's it's the sport we have to accept that the sport is learning. Football's like that. It's a sport that's learning about society. Society reacts to it um, and, and denigrates it. And, and mm. things that our fighters do sometimes bring the sport down. I'm not trying to bring Liam down. It was a fantastic performance. But we didn't appreciate that, nor do we appreciate Chris Eubank Jr. saying, oh, you cheated on your wife, or accusing him and alleging of that. It's, mm. it's nothing to do with boxing. And it, it's, it's very, it was very puerile at the time, but it's just where they were. They're not educated to be like that. 30% of young men leave uh, secondary education without... Um, GCSEs in maths and English. You know, mm. many of those are our boxers. They're physical people. Many with things like ADHD and 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 and, and Asperger's and all sorts of things. And and I think you know, Kel uh, has, has got a party problem. And and you know, he's bored. He's not he's not getting those endorphins from. And he's always been like that. We know he's been a party animal in his life. He's been through a machete attack. Remember, he's been through extraordinary times. And you know, to quote him again, when he lost those two fights um, to um, Errol Spence and Gennady Golovkin, um, it ruined me. It was dark, a very dark time. I needed counsellors. Words can't describe how low I've been. I can't think about what to do. I'm that far gone when I felt like this. I'm that lost. My mind doesn't think about time, about any of the positives around me in life. That's where he is right now. He needs to get back in the gym. needs counselling. I'm glad he's with his mum and dad. That's what I hear, Terry and Julie. And I just hope he gets back. And do you know what? I hope he gets back and boxes again. Yeah, as, listen, as long as the matchup is right for him, I don't want him, you know, in the... Liam Smith? Himself. Liam Smith? Do you yeah, buy that? To be fair... To, to an extent, yeah, to an extent. I think Liam and Kel are probably at very similar stages, aren't they, in, in life, former world champions. Um, yeah, I can, see, I can see that. But Connor Ben? First and foremost, <laughs> oh, stop it now, stop it. You know where I'm at with Connor at the moment. Um, regarding Kel, first and foremost, I want him to just get right it, it, with, with the way that he thinks about himself. Yeah. I want him to I want him to get healthy and happy mentally and then of course have the, have the discussion about fighting again and 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 doing something within the game of course that is an open discussion but first and foremost when you hit, sometimes when you hit rock bottom and this hopefully is rock bottom for him when this now has been made public and people are obviously having an opinion on that and that's obviously not a nice feeling for him it might be the catalyst that he needs Gareth hiding behind closed doors and and doing it behind closed doors and all this type of thing you can get away with it and get away with it and get away with it and you can lie to yourself. Can't lie to himself now. It's out no. there. People know. Yeah. So therefore, this could be the catalyst for him making some serious positive change, whether it be the social circles that he's keeping and also from a health point of view, because we don't want to see him on that. So let's get let's let's get him get it. Hopefully he can make those changes and move forward now. Can I just add before we go to break? Someone's done it deliberately. I, I, I mean, if someone's done it to maybe to wake him up because they're worried about him. Um, I wish they'd done it privately, but maybe, like you say, because it's been made public, it will have more of a catalytic effect on him. But can I just say, we're around these extraordinary tough fighters all the time, and and, and I mean this sincerely and and, and, and from, from a genuine feeling of empathy for, for people we cover. I really see them as vulnerable at times. Do you know what I mean, Adam? That when we're around yeah. fighters, even when they're going to a fight sometimes, even when they when they lose, obviously, but there's a vulnerability about these people we cover. It's because they are putting beautiful. them Exactly, because they're putting themselves on the line. So as I said before, we've got them on the, on the journey. We need to go with them after the journey as well. Agreed. Um, one of those people that we are most certainly on the journey with He's Lawrence Acoli, and uh, listen, he's got a fight coming up, so we're going to get him on the show, and we're going to talk to him about that next. Don't go anywhere. The WBO Cruiserweight Champion is with us. Listen, we've missed you, mate. You know what I mean? We haven't said your name on the show for a bit. Obviously, we've not seen you in action for over a year. It must have been an incredibly frustrating time, because I know that you like to be active. You like to be out there doing your thing. Yeah, no, of course, you know, um, but... 
the most important thing is that I'm happy to hear you say my name now. And um, hopefully you're going to be saying it a lot more in the coming months and years. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, we've got uh, a fight scheduled for March. We'll talk about that with your mandatory challenger in a moment or two. And we'll talk about the prospect of big unifications. Uh, first and foremost, trainer-wise. Obviously, now we've stepped away uh, from Shane McGuigan. And we've had it announced that you're teaming up with uh, Sugar Hill Steward. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about, obviously, stepping away from Shane, the reasons for that, and why you're going in the direction of working with Sugar Hill. Uh, I think... Um, in terms of Shane, um, it was more so logistically, it just didn't make sense. Um, there was a lot of personal stuff going on in England that it was, it was starting to become a bit a bit draining, a bit too toxic in terms of um, the situation. Um, and like I said, like, he's, he's, he's still a great coach. We've done a lot of great work together and gone on to you know go European and world title and some defences. Um, but I'm always in the mood as well to just freshen stuff up, trying new things, you know. As we've seen throughout my career, I've you know, moved coaches, um, I've moved around, I like to spar internationals, spar internationally. Um, so it's just continuing more of the same. I was on a Great Britain team where we went all over the world in that in that period of time. So it's just, it's just that same kind of energy that I'm taking forwards. Um, and then in terms of sugar, <laughs> obviously I just think, you know, obviously I looked around, spoke to a lot of coaches, trained with a lot. Remember, I've been out of the ring for like a year. Um, mm. So I've been going around for like the whole year, really trying different different cultures out. Uh, you know, I won't mention, but um, once I've got to Sugar, I think the reality is he's a great teacher from what I'm realising and he allows me to be humble, if that makes sense. So I want to be able to listen and look at a coach and believe what he's saying and kind of like understand he's got the experience, he's uh, quite the experience and stylistically, his sort of style works with my attributes, you know, they, they, the crunch gym typically, you know, the best fighters that they've had are tall, long, lanky kind of fighters. And I've, that's the kind of attributes that I have. Um, and, and, and he wants to see it used in a particular way. And, and I agree with it. So, yeah, it's good. Well, tall, long, lanky Lawrence Coley, um, <laughs> it's great to have you on the show. Um, I completely agree. I think. I think what you learned under Shane McGuigan, the patience and the jab, and obviously we, we know you've got that vicious right hand that is an equaliser and puts people to sleep. Um, what I've got to ask you is, and I do think it's a great matchup for you with, with, uh, with Sugar Hill Stewart. Obviously, you're out in action uh, on uh, March the 11th against David Light, defending your WBO Cruiserweight title. What did you make of the call-out by Richard Riakpour for you the other day? Do you reckon you fight him next after that, or do you think it's better for you both to get world titles first? I, I really won a world title. I, listen, I, I just didn't really believe it, you know. it was. Um, I just find it so weird, you know. I don't know if people are waiting for any type of bad performance or whatever else, but... You know, these guys are all in them getting to their mid-30s and they need to sort of crack on sooner rather than later. So I, I, I do struggle to, under, to understand why, you know, as a world champion and the one that's actually doing the most, done the most, makes the most, why I'll be out there forcing these guys to fight. You know, I've made it very clear, um, clear that I'm available to fight uh, anyone that really is actually up for it once I've dealt with my mandatory and, and we'll see. But do you think what what it, look? You're now with Boxer and uh, and Sky in terms of being on that platform. You know that Richard Reactpaws, um, part of the of the of the stable, if you like, as well. Um, he's ranked two with the with the IBF Lawrence, and I don't want to make this about him, but you know, does uh, it does it build for a bigger fight if he can say beat a Jayopatea, or, or or do you want to get that on with him next? Do you want to sell out the O2 Arena uh, in late summer and uh, and get it on a bit of Reactpaws? against a bit of a Coley, two long, yeah. powerful, lanky fighters, as you say. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I just think, you know, um, of course, it's bigger if, but we're living in a, in, a, in, a, in a sport and a world where anything can happen any day. So it's like, of course, I expect to beat my mandatory. We, we don't know. Um, Rapport might believe he can beat anyone, so he, he wants to win a world title and then we unify. I don't know, I, but the reality is, a lot of times we see a lot of great fights slip into nothing because people mm. don't take it when when it's there, ready ready and available. I mean, throughout my career, you know, I've had a few fighters that have said my name and tried to wait, and I, I'm not interested in that. I had a, a, a early rivalry with a, with a guy called Isaac Chamberlain, 
you know, he mm. pulled me out and we went straight for it. Same with um, Matty Askim, same with Luke Watkins, um, same with actually the European champion, um, Eves. So it's just, I'm not really one of those guys that likes people to just say my name and let it fester for ages and, oh, maybe we get it or maybe we don't. I just, you know what, let's just let's just do it. And as you said, me and Rhett Hall, that's an old two fight. But there's a, there's a bunch. If, if none, of the, none of the champions want to fight, we'll do it. It's music to Adam's ears, because we were talking about it earlier on the show, Lawrence, um, that that we want to see people leapfrog um, over kind of... I don't mean tune-up fights, because you're not in that, that frame to have tune-up no. fights, but but to have to you saying that you, you want to fight these guys, you want to make the biggest fights, Adam, it's what we want to hear, Adam, isn't it? I, I want to see unifications, you know, and I think Lawrence has always maintained that that conversation. So, And that's where I wanted to go with you next, Lawrence, because obviously... We know that you've come away from Matchroom. I don't want to dwell on that too much because I know that there's certain things going on behind the scenes on that. But you've, I'm sure you would have had options. Why, why have you gone with Boxer? Why have you gone with Sky? What conversations did you have there? Have you had those conversations about go and get me the big unifications? Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact is um, Sky and Boxer are, 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 you know, a British sort of <coughs> company built around building British fighters and British fighting that's so all we have to do is look at their track record for the small time they've been around. Kelbrook Khan, the all female show that, you know, sold out the O two, you know, like the one they had recently in um Chris Eubank Jr. versus Liam Smith. It's just constantly they're they're interested in all all British domestic dust ups. They have a great roster of cruiserweights as we've seen. They've probably got the best set of cruiserweights in the world on their roster. Um so those things were attracting me. And also, I made it very clear from the start what my intentions are. My intentions are to unify the division as many times as I can and aim to be undisputed. But it really depends on what the other champions are saying. Every, every time it seems like it could happen, something gets in the way. And if mm. that's not possible, then let's just have some big fights. You know, someone like Richard is a dangerous fight for anyone, you know. Um, and I don't see many people calling them out. I know Chris and smith is as well. But not many people say that they'll fight people like that, you know. Um, so I, I just think I've got to the stage in my career and, like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not old. I'm like, you know, prime years now. So in my prime years, I have to, you know, see how, see how far I can really take it. How long are you for this weight? Because you're a big boy and I've no doubt that maybe you've had a look at heavyweight as well at some point. Uh, is, is, is that something that is going to happen soon or is it a little bit further down the line? Ask me the, on the weigh-in day. Um, of, <laughs> uh, the next fight. I'll, Good I'll, man, I'll yeah. question a bit more honestly. Right now, I'm enjoying, I'm training hard, everything's going well. We'll see on weighing day how, how well I make the weight. Um, the moment I think it's too much of a struggle and training becomes too much about that, you know, that's when it's time to move up. I think there's a lot that I can do. I can really dominate this weight class um, give, given the opportunity to. Um, in terms of heavyweight, like I spar heavyweights all the time. Sparring is yeah. different from fighting, but there's no heavyweight that you could ask that's been in the ring with me that would say, oh, yeah, Lawrence, let's let him come up. That's an easy fight. So they all know, you know, um, a lot of attributes that they have over other cruiserweights, they can't have over me. So they, they're going to be bigger, but they're not going to necessarily be that much physically stronger or punch that much harder, especially once, mm. like, I lose power going down to the cruiserweight if that makes sense. Like, so I never aim to knock people out in the gym, but I know when I'm walking around at my walking around with it that I won't say, I know what, what it's like in the gym with these big boys. And, you know, it's very different from when I have to come down to the 200-pound limit and then I only have, mm. you know, 36 hours to put some, some weight back on. It's still powerful, as we can see, but there's there's levels to the whole training camp being fueled and ready. So, you know, as soon as I think that opportunities are there at heavyweight, I'm going to go for them. And I think I'll shock a lot of people with the type of fights that I, I dive straight into when I move up. Like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do too much, you know, prancing around. I'm going to really just go in and then say, like, yeah, let's have, let's have it. Can I, can I for, say a final thing? I'm looking forward to seeing you fight at about £225 as well, Lawrence. You and I have spoken quite a lot in the background over the last year. I just want to ask a question. I know Adam said it's complex in the background, but... What I'd like you to, to, to give us on air, the fact you've taken canonical ownership with your brother, oh, sorry, not with your brother, taking canonical ownership of your own career, and that's mattered to you a lot because you felt like 
you might have been pushed around a bit in the wrong way by your by your old promoter. I'm going to name him Eddie Hearn because you had a very <laughs> difficult time. You told me you haven't been bullied since you were a kid and you felt bullied yeah. in the last year. And I think you should, I'd love you to go on record and say that without going into the personal stuff. But you felt bullied and getting out of it has allowed you to get canonical ownership of your career. We've been talking a lot tonight. I know we're about to go to break, but we've been talking about how we care about boxers, care when they're growing, care during their career. And we need aftercare as we're talking about Kel Brook this week it won't have been lost on you what happened with Kel Brook but the fact you are a different man now from taking control of your career aren't you no 100% and I completely agree with that and it's what you know obviously you may have had loads of conversations off, off, off camera and off the record and yeah that's that's the reality I think that's one thing that I always stand by is just that we are the boxers we're the ones that take all the risk for our health and, mm. and, and we have to, you know, go away from our camps and all the stuff that everyone knows, but people don't really feel, you know. And at the end of the day, consistently, boxers get abandoned, you know. They get abandoned by promoters if they're not winning. They get abandoned by fans if they get knocked out. They get abandoned by um, clingers on. And the bottom line is, you know, we only get one chance. You know, that's one thing that boxers and anyone that loves boxers needs to understand. You only get one chance to be young, you know. As much as you love Sugar Ray Leonard, we love Mayweather, we love Pacquiao. They only had one chance to be the best that they could be. And once that was over, it's over. And now they're living their lives. We, we, we don't know what's going on. So, mm. but the difference is a Bob Aaron, a Eddie Hearn, a Frank Warren, these guys can go into it. I think Aaron's about 90 right now. And he's still mm. there promoting fighters all the way from Muhammad Ali, you know, God rest his soul, to now. So they get to keep doing it. But as fighters, we have to maximize and be treated with respect, be treated fairly, and be understood and heard. Otherwise, we're just going to be treated like cattle the whole time. So, yeah, that's that's, that's how I feel about that side. It's, it's, it's the ugly side. The side I don't really like to get too involved in. But ultimately, I don't think I could be the type of fighter that I want to be if I allow myself to get bullied outside of the ring and, and go in with a little chip on my shoulder about stuff that's gone and back that way. So I'd rather make sure everything's good, Make sure that when I go to bed, I can whatever happens, I can sleep and say, win, lose, draw, make a hundred million, make no money. Whatever happens, I made it on my own terms, and and I can I can I can retire happy. That's fair, man. Brilliant Listen, stuff. Before I, let, before I let you clear off, there's obviously a big fight in your division coming up on the undercard of this Jake Paul Tommy Fury uh, card, where we've got Maccabi taking on Badu Jack. How do you think that one goes? Um. I think Makabu, I mean, I know Badu Jack, but I don't mind saying the truth. I just think that Makabu will win that one um, based on the fact that he's a natural cruiserweight where, um, uh, and he's, he's a bit younger. So, yeah, I think, I think Makabu will win that fight. Um, and hopefully then, you know, I to be honest, I know he won't. I've spoken to his management. I've spoken to, they, like, none of these guys want to fight. It's just, it's so weird. It's just bizarre. Mm. But um, either way, anyway, it's not about me, about that fight. I think um, Maccabi should come away with a decision win, if not like a late stoppage. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, from one big fella to the next, we then went to Las Vegas, did Adam and I. Not uh, physically, metaphorically, of course. We alighted on a hairdressing session. I'm just having me hair done. Joe Joyce is, is facing Li Zhang in April in a massive heavyweight fight for the WBO interim title. Let's get ready to well, I've got um, good underrated footwork and stuff, and I've got great timing. Let's Is what you call a proper slobber knocker. They are having it. Parker has got back to his feet, but he waves it over. I know what he's capable of doing. I know he's strong and so forth, but I was a little bit worried. But I mean, he got that spot on, and his trainer got the tactics absolutely right. They don't want to war with the favourites keep on coming on fight night you are listening to Talksport. I'm Adam Catterall Gareth A Davies is alongside me uh, and now we are crossing over I believe to the United States of America uh, to a barber shop might not be, actually be in a barber shop actually I wouldn't be surprised um, given the prowess of our next guest he, w- he would have a private hairdresser I would imagine someone that has come to him rather than him go to them it is, of course, uh, the WBO interim heavyweight champion, the one and only juggernaut himself, Mr. Joe Joyce. How are you, sir? Are you well? Yeah, very well. Just uh, finished the run, jumped in a quick shower, and now I'm getting my hair done, and I'm going to have to do this and then get ready. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Vegas, Vegas life is, you know, is, uh, is quite fast-paced in camp, and we've uh, got, got a lot of work to do for preparing for fight. Just just clear up the her, uh, uh, her situation for me, Joe. Have, have you gone to somebody or has somebody come to you, mate? How, how big time are you now? Do people come to you to do the hair? Yeah, people people come to me. It's a, it's a lot nice. quicker and easier than you know, going to the shop, waiting. It's better to... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, I'm laughing because I can see on the monitor you're getting your hair trimmed. <laughs> You've got a big bush at the back. You got. Let me just describe it for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're you're getting. You're getting. A, 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 a looks like a number two on the sides. Um, and you got. I'm, you, I'm getting. I'm getting a fade on the side. Sorry, a fade. Sorry. Sorry. Top, sorry. Sorry. Wrong, I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Re- cane road. Okay. Re- got, got you. Very nice. Got you. So, so you're, you're keeping it for the cane road. So you got. You got a big bush that's side at the back at the moment. This is. This is the big time, isn't it? Hey, you can talk, mate. Uh, why, all right. Why you ain't got, hair? Why you guys got loads of hair? <laughs> You need to go need to simmer down. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I, I haven't. I haven't <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, pipe down, Gareth. Pipe down, man. You I'm not me. backing down with the juggernaut. Listen, he knows. I've, I saw him last night, right? And he had a big pool table behind him and air hockey. And I said yes. to him, "I'm never going to challenge you because it'd be ridiculous. Because you'd flick me with your little finger, and I'd just go down. But I will beat you at pool, and I'll beat you at air hockey. That's it's as simple as that." Joe, we're very. I'll, listen, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Let, 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 let me go straight here. But look, we're very excited about your bang with Zhang. We're going to call it okay. He's Zhili uh, Zhang is a, is is a terrific I'm puncher. Sure that's... Oh, yeah. Well, look, he's a terrific puncher. You never back Definitely. down. Uh, we would we were we praised you earlier on in the show. You just take any any fighter that's going to put on a good fight with you, and we have to applaud you for that because this is a jeopardy fight for you. Yeah, it's a risky fight because he has got a big bang, and uh, and and especially the fight with Hergovic. It, it, he, I thought he won that fight. It was you know he's push, he, he was struggling towards the end, like he, he, you know blowing towards the end. But I thought he, he got. Uh, you know, I thought he got the victory. He knocked him down early, early on, and stuff. And it, I thought Hergovic was lucky to get the victory. So it's yeah, it's a great fight to because obviously fighting Hergovic in the amateurs is quite it's quite a good story as well. And uh, 
what better Southpaw than a top 12 Southpaw for the, for the next fight? Absolutely. And Adam and I were both there, actually, um, for that fight in, in Saudi Arabia. And we both thought that... I think, I think I'm right in saying that both Adam and I thought that Hergovic... Yeah. Uh, sorry, Zhang won that fight. Um, yeah. Does that fight with victory, are you told by George Warren, Frank Warren, lead you to face the winner of uh, Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury late in the year? Yeah, so hoping so while the, the these kind of fights are all taking place around the same time, and then uh, that opens has an opening for a big summer fight. Hopefully, Fury uh, if he beats Usyk. Joe, it's such a frustrating time I mean, for you, isn't it? Because, well, <laughs> like, like you said, you have you have put together this fantastic body of work. You've thrilled the fans. You've worked your way to the point of the next fight should be the title fight, but obviously now we have this conversation about the undisputed title fight. So you've got to in, keep yourself busy in preparation for that. And therefore obviously picking a decent level of opponent, I'm sure has been quite difficult because I don't, have people been ready, putting their hand up, ready to get in with the juggernaut at, uh, at this particular stage? Well, I don't think so. Like I, I, throughout my career, it's been quite hard to match me because, you know, uh, but, th- but now I've have like things that I have something to offer. And I'm, you know that number one spot. I'm already uh, interim, WO interim. Yeah. So I've got plenty to offer. <laughs> and in, and I just want to be in exciting fights. And you know, like uh, and and be, you got to beat beat the best to be the best. And um, and it's also also strategic. And I'm I'm right there in touching touching distance. So I just got to get past Zhang, and then that then that prepares me nicely for Usyk or or Fury. Because um, Zhang being Southpaw and that. Um, Perfect. Joe, could I, could I ask you? I mean, it's a weird question. I mean, maybe you have a straight answer for it. Who would you prefer to fight? Is is Tyson Fury the guy you want to fight? Um, would it be Usyk? Obviously, you fought him in the past, but is Tyson Fury the real draw for you? Would you prefer him to beat Usyk and line up against him in front of the British fans later in the year? Yeah, I think definitely Fury is going to be the more exciting fight to watch, and um, it, it, it's you know it's the biggest fight. It's the biggest fight, it, but like especially for the UK fans and that. I think um, I've kind of like been proving myself in my last kind of victories, and once I get Zhang out of there, it'll, be, it'll set that fight up really nicely. And especially since Fury can switch, it's uh, it's good to um, you know get. Do you beat him? Huh? Do you beat him? Well, yeah, I don't, I'm not going there to lose. I think it's going to be a hard battle <laughs> over 12 rounds. <laughs> but, yeah, you... I'm going for the win, of course. How do, you, how do you think that heavyweight contest between Fury and Usyk plays out, uh, Joe? I think... Um, I think it's uh, Usyk's hard, quite hard to hit. He throws a lot of shots. So I think he'll cause Fury some problems because I don't think Fury throws that many shots, but he throws them quick and he's long and he's uh, tall and he's got footwork, so arrangement uh, and, uh, yeah, footwork. So Usyk's going to be darting around trying to nick it and then Fury's going to try and rough him up and, uh, yeah, rough him up and, you know, like, bit, like out, big man, you know, do the big man thing like and, like, lean on him and stuff. Well, I can't wait for that fight, Joe, against Jang. Um, it's going to be an amazing night. I hope we're there for talks. Talk. Can you just turn your head sideways? We can see you on the monitor. We can see the fade or not. <laughs> I mean, we're a bit delayed on the, on the it's monitor. Just start, it's just, just starting out. All right, OK. And look, he's, doing, he's doing your beard now as well. He's, he's combing your beard. Yeah. Oh, no, it looks pretty cool. Oh, it looks pretty cool, I've got to say. There's a big bush at the back. The cornrows are going to look amazing on the top. The juggernaut is nearly ready. Can we go shopping with you next time or something? We'll be in the arts district or out yeah. in a nightclub with you the to, next um, time we get you on. Walmart with me or Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Walk around Walmart with Joe with Joe Joyce on a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> the new show on Talk Sports. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Joe, thanks for uh, just nipping in, mate. Go Cheers. well in camp off. Everything's going well yeah, out there well, with you. Pleasure to talk to you guys as always. Yeah, can't wait to see you, you, mate. Cheers. <laughs>
Well, after Big Joe Joyce, we were joined by a genuine friend of the show who my producer, Ed uh, Huntley, made me avoid last week. It was Huntley to Davis to Heaney. No, go speak to Stormzy. We explained it to Nathan Heaney. He doesn't mind. He's the nicest man in boxing. But we had some serious things to talk about. His next opponent with uh, Jack Flatley in the sequel, but also about how boxers perhaps need to promote themselves and... You know, the truth is, Nathan made some very salient comments about boxers that have been involved for a long time in the sport and the fact that for a while in his town, Stoke-on-Trent, when white-collar boxing came in, it took it away from the regular guys on small hall shows. Here's what I had to say. It's very, very interesting. There's a big, big cut across the top of the right eyebrow, a huge gash, and it's going to go to the cards here. The referee, Steve Graves, indicating that that was caused by an accidental clash of heads. We've had four completed rounds, so we will go to the scorecards. And still, IBO International middleweight champion, Nathan the Hitman Feeney. Listen, I know that Nathan Heaney won that fight, but he's an honest guy and he will not be satisfied winning in that way. I wouldn't be surprised that when the stitches are healed on that nasty cut, he gives Jack Flatley another crack at that. Why, 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 Delilah? <laughs> I'll tell you what, that last little ditty from me there was a little bit Conor McGregor, mate. That was a bit Mystic Mac. <laughs> Predicting the future, because we are here. And that is why Mr Heaney, very kindly, has given up a bit of time on his Saturday night. I believe he's actually out and about with uh, with uh, with uh, his good lady this evening. I, I think that is the case. Uh, but welcome back to the show, Nathan. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you, lads. Um, yeah, like you say, it's a bit late, isn't it? But I was feeling a bit tired. But as soon as I heard Gareth and Rating, Joe Joyce trimming his bush, it really woke me up. <laughs> it got me really fired up. <laughs> I was thinking... It has got me going, lads, so I do appreciate it, Gareth. Well, 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 let me say, I mean, we, before we get into the, the preamble about your, your return, the sequel with Jack Flatley, I do have to apologise for not interviewing you live on the show last week because I bumped into you about nine times ringside at yeah. Anthony Yard and Arta Better Why are you playing He's but, always good value. No, no, I, I, I know. I, but I was, listen, uh, I was caught between Stormzy yeah. at the time, yeah. right? Yeah, and Tyson the Fury. level now. And oh, now, level now, now, what I'm saying yeah. is that will never happen again. But I was, pu- no. I'd just done Tyson with Derek Chisora and Bob Arum, and then yeah. I was moving around the ring, and I, I saw Nathan. I said hello to you, didn't He's I? Not, not the Zedless. I don't, I don't need the Zedless box, mate. Get him off. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. No, he didn't. I said, I'm what, I said, <laughs> I want Nathan next, and they went, no, go to Stormzy now. Yeah. So blame Ed, our producer, who's sitting giggling in the studio now. <laughs> but listen. when you want to get hold yeah. of someone, yeah, get hold of Ed, our producer, Ed Huntley. Yeah, and you can tell him the next time we see you live, if we're up there doing the event, that it was his fault, not mine. I, my apologies, Nathan Heaney. Yes, yeah, to be fair, I'll apologise myself because obviously I said hello to you, Gareth, but Adam, I didn't say hello to you. I got starstruck by all these guys around me. <laughs> I, had Sam, I had Simon Jordan, I had Jim Wilde behind me, I had Big Tyson time. at the front, Bob Arum. And I That's saw it. Gareth, I was like, yeah, I made said hello, but I forgot the real stars on the opposite side of the ring on the comms. <laughs> so I'll say hello to you next time, mate. Good man. That's what I like to hear. Um, listen, I, you just heard there in the in the preamble building up to you coming onto the programme, we were reflecting on your previous encounter with Jack Flight, which ended prematurely, obviously, because of that nasty, nasty cut. That's all nice and healed. And we kind of said there that you wouldn't want to win in that manner. You want conclusive endings. Uh, and we are here again. Is that kind of the narrative that has brought you back here? Because you don't need to go here if we're really, really honest. But is it because of the way that that last fight ended that you've gone, nah, man, let's go back and I'll show you what the crack is? Yeah, it's, um, it's uh, that is certainly one of the main reasons behind obviously having the rematch. At first, after the fight, I mean, immediately uh, their team was straight away calling for the rematch, which, granted, they're always going to want that. But... We, we want to do things on our terms in terms of who we're going to fight and stuff. And when, when I decided that the rematch with Jack Flatley was good, I and mean, obviously I spoke to Frank and George, and we thought it would be a really good headliner. And I was like, yeah, I was well up for it, yeah, really up for it. And like you say, the unfinished business in terms of not ending the way it was, and there was like a narrative that Blackley was going to come into the second half of the fight and potentially take over. It's got some really good questions that weren't answered that will be answered in this fight. 
you know my thought process on belts in boxing, but let's just part that to one side for, for a second, because this fight does have a WBA trinket connected to it, of which will then affect rankings for you in this particular division. Does that also give you an extra little 5 10% when you're in the gym, knowing what the outcome could be coming through a fight like this? A million percent. I mean, when the fight, I knew George was going to try to sort something out for me and Frank, but I didn't know until the poster had been shared out exactly what was happening. So when I saw the WBA Continental, I was absolutely buzzing. I run straight over to Steve like an excited kid at Christmas because it's just it's just nice and it just and again it brings something back to me. Fifty like a Stoke, like it, they're all back in me, so it's great to bring something back here as well. And like you say, get you in the, in the rankings. And just add something more for, for me to fight for. I need to ask you, Nathan, you, you, you're, you're a very salient person, a very germane person right now to ask about a couple of things we've been talking about tonight. One is, and which we will talk about, and we are talking about in boxing at the moment, in all seriousness. One is the blurring of the lines of boxing with with the popularity of the Misfits fighters and YouTube influencers and so on. And also, I mean, I've just heard from... from Kelbrook's father Terry that Kel is fine he's, he's, he's around his parents at the moment he's just emailed me actually say that Kel is fine we've got and you are the perfect example of this you come from Stoke you've gathered a following during pre you weren't that well known pre-pandemic but you've gathered a following you know how to harness a crowd now you've got this brilliant walkout you give your all to it you sell lots of tickets perhaps boxing can learn from you at a different level to the stadium fights, but also perhaps we can learn something from you about how you feel about the aftercare of boxers as well. Yeah, well, there's, there's a few things there. And obviously the misfit stuff, I've got to be honest, the way I view that is the way that I viewed white-collar boxing in my city of SoCon Trends. Essentially, on a, on a micro scale, white-collar boxing wipes professional boxing out of this city because oh. you had professional boxers over the last 10 to 15 years that would have been their main... They'd have been fighting local town halls and stuff. Then next minute, probably managed by the same people, that they then... These white-collar shows that turn up four, five, six, eight times in a year, and then these professional fighters are then competing for shows against other white-collar shows where, really, the, the general public... Unless you're a purist, you don't really know the difference between mm, a white collar title and a professional title. Very if interesting. Anything, very interesting. When I when I when I first won the with the Midlands area title, the belt looked horrendous in comparison to some white collar clinky thing that I'd seen that had like little sparkles on it. Like and to the general public, they no no difference. So it, yeah, it's weird because now now they've got a platform to fight on that once upon a time would have been really hard to get on, but now you can get on if you've got a blue tick. Or a bit of popularity. Now, I mean, I'm a popular fighter myself. I'm on, I'm on the stage because of that reason. But I've also boxed for six, uh, mm. how long? Twenty three years. Wow. I boxed nearly a hundred fights as an amateur. I've dedicated my life to the sport, so I, I think I, I'm lucky that where I am. But I'm also deserving of You're it. The weight that I've put the graft in. I've, yeah, I've put the graft in over the years. Yeah. What about those? Sorry to cut across, Adam. What about those who need? aftercare as well about what about boxers needing aftercare should they be paying a stipend into a union at the moment should we develop something you'd be the perfect person i think when you give up boxing to lead this kind of thing because you know the nuts and bolts of the sport but do we need to create something that creates a union and aftercare i do yeah i do believe that yeah but i also do believe that fighters should be very careful for one who they mix with in the first place because Ooh. The people you're around are going to be the byproducts of how you conduct yourself in the first place. If you've got pals that are on this and they're on that and they're living the party lifestyle, there's a very good chance you're going to get dragged into that mm. as well. Whereas if you're like me, just me and my missus and me two kids and stuff, and obviously I've got very, very good friends. I, I never get dragged into something like that. So it's, I don't know, it's, um, yeah, I think there should be a bit of guidance maybe from people, but that should come from, that should come from parents and, and, and family, not not so much other people, if you know what I mean. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the upbringing a little bit. It's very easy to get drawn into the stuff that we've seen recently. Mm. 
Um, just to fit, yeah, absolutely. Just to finish on uh, on you and uh, and this event, obviously, how delighted are you that this is actually in Telford? I know it's not Stoke, mate, but it's literally next door, in it. You know what I mean? Your lot will come out; they will travel, ready to rock and roll for this one. Yeah, well, in terms of like miles, it's not that far, but it's still a forty-five minute drive. It's not. It's not. It's not on my back door. It's not. This my guys still have to travel a very like forty-five minutes, usually forty-five minutes for an hour, no matter where we go. So yes, it's um, it, it they're amazing, my law, and 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 tickets are going amazingly well as always. I mean, for me, I'm surprised how well it's gone because the January payday is probably the worst one out of all of them in the year because it'd be just like Christmas and New Year. Yeah. But then, but then we got another one. We got February payday, and I know lo- there's a load of my guys that said, "Listen, mate, can I sort them later on in the month?" I'm like, "Absolutely sound." So that's what we'll do, and then we'll come down and we'll sing Delilah. There's no chance that's being banned. And, uh, and that's it. And that's what we'll do. Happy man, Heaney, eh? Absolutely. Listen, was, the atmosphere yeah. will be the, the atmosphere will be yeah. absolutely rocking. And in the aftermath, I've no doubt that Mr. Uh, Davis will come to interview you and he will be asking you about potential British titles. But we'll absolutely. get to that at another time. All right, mate. Nev, thank you very much for giving up a little bit of time. Uh, all the best to you. Thank you very much, mate. And thanks night, to any buddy. Stokies that are listening to him. I think my auntie's soon and my uncle Roy listening as well. So hello to them, guys. As well. <laughs> but yeah, all right. All right, see you then. The call out king. See you, buddy. There you go. Well, finally, we were joined by a man who is facing the greatest of all time, as he calls himself, the money man. It's Floyd Mayweather. Aaron Chalmers, once of Geordie Shaw, seven MMA fights deep in Bama and Bellator, is having a boxing match, yes, on February the 25th in London, O2 Arena, against the one and only Floyd Mayweather. Chalmers told me he was pinching himself. Gareth, do you know what it is? This is how crazy life is, right? So... I was with one of the Floyd's team years ago in Belgium, and he, he he was he was my security guard for us for the whole the weekend in Belgium. And um, as you know me, I, I I'm a very polite and nice person. Do you know what I mean? And I, I like to think I am anyway. And I just I just got on with him like a house on fire, and we ate together, and like I just treat him like he was one of one of one of the lads that were with us. Do you know what I mean? I didn't treat him like he was my security or let. And I remember leaving, and he said he said I've had such a great time, and then. Three, three, four years later, maybe it's four years, I got wind that he was booking the fight, messaged him on Instagram. I said, do you remember me? Within a minute, text me phone, ring me ASAP. I, I rang him, he said, Aaron, how could I forget you? He said, we had such a good time in Belgium. He said, I'm going to get you this fight. That was on the Thursday, bang, Saturday morning, come through, contract was there. So oh. I feel like doing, doing so much, do, treating someone how you want to be treated has, has paid dividends because it's come back around in... Um, in, in in a good way for me. Luck always does play a part, but you have to pinch yourself at the moment that you're stepping in with one of the greatest ever and one of the modern greats uh, in the ring on February the 25th. It's absolutely surreal, Gareth, to, to think, right, to think of the life I've had. I'm just an, a lad from Newcastle who's took every opportunity that's been presented. I've worked in McDonald's, I've worked in Asda, I've worked in a factory, scaffolding, offshore, Geordie Shore, <laughs> everything I've been offered, everything I've been offered, I've took, and it, it's it's crazy. Like you could write, if you could, I could, I could actually write your book in a couple of years' time. Like how madness it's been, and once like I, online, I'm getting so much love, but also so much hate. But who wouldn't take the fight? Who wouldn't take the fight? Everyone's going. You're going to get battered. The man's battered Pacquiao, Canelo, Oscar De La Hoya, all these people. I've had one fight, but do you know what it is. I've got one of the biggest balls you'll ever see because how many people with, with one fight would jump in there with him? Do you know what I mean? Do you believe that you can beat him? What are the parameters of the exhibition bout? Is it is it eight two minute rounds, eight three minute eight, rounds? Six six or eight twos. Um, do you know what do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Right, I am just going to go in there and be as sharp and as fit as I possibly can. I can't go around Newcastle saying, hey, someone coming and, and emulate Floyd Mayweather. You can't, I couldn't go around the world and get someone to emulate him to spar. So all I'm working on is to be as sharp, as snappy, and as fit as I possibly can. And not just that, I'm going to have as much fun and enjoy the moment because this is a this is a, like a rocky experience for me. It's like being given a chance. This is something that I can pass down to my kids Long, long when I'm gone and grandkids, oh, Floyd Mayweather, one of the greatest of all time. Oh, funny enough, my great granddad stepped in there with him for an exhibition. 
You're still training with Adam Booth, I take it, yeah? At the moment, I'm up in Newcastle, so I'm with Nick, uh, who was in my corner for my last fight. So um, I haven't been down with Adams for a few months just because of stuff going on in my personal life with the baby and stuff not being well. So I'm up, I'm up home at the moment. What advice are you going to get from other people about going into the ring? A win for me, first of all, is just getting in there with one of the best to ever do it. That's the first win. If I land, if I land a clean jab, all I need is one picture. All I need is that one picture. And I can use that for the rest of my life. I can use that one picture of me jabbing Floyd for the rest of my life. But like I say, I, it all depends how he approaches it. If he approaches it like he did Deji, then he's gonna be he, he's gonna be quite wide open. Do you know what I mean? But Deji just kind of covered up and was walking back the whole all the way around the ring. So But you fancy all depends- yourself against Deji or KSI, wouldn't you? Yes. Hundred percent. Like I say, I, like fair play all these YouTubers and stuff, they're doing absolutely amazing and I wanna be part of it, do you know what I mean? But what you've got to think of as well is, see the, some of these kids, some of these people. Not listen, no disrespect to them. They've never had a normal job. They've never, they've never got up at five o'clock in the morning to go carry scaffold around the building site. So when it comes down to swinging and having some heart, have half of these got the balls? I don't think they have. It would be nice to see if it come to a bit of a bite down on the gum shield and let's have a fight. I think half of them would um, would bottle it. You want to prove something in here as well against Mayweather because I know that you've had ambitions to fight Jake Paul and Tommy Fury uh, behind the scenes because you've spoken. You, we, you and I have known each other a long yeah, yeah. time. We did a podcast together four years ago when you were coming into your MMA career with Bellator. This could project you into fights with Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. You believe as well, yeah? I would like to think so. Like I say, um, I don't. I don't look at them and think these are out. Like I feel like towards the end of last year. All, all them kind of people were were getting away from us, like they were get kind of getting out of reach. I wasn't active. I had a lot going on in my personal life, and I started, I started to think these fights are not going to happen. And then, like I say, a, a little bit of good luck, good luck has come back around and in in and put us in this position. So I would like to think, with all due respect, Tommy Jake, I, I would love these down the line. I would love them. I would absolutely love them because um, I'm fighting Floyd. Do you know what I mean so that that, that in itself is a win win and. I fancy myself. I would love to get in with Jake, Tommy, and KSI. Once I fight them three, I would happily sail off into the sunset with me, with me, with me kids. You know what I mean? And that's I know that's me kids set up for the rest of their life if if that happens. So of course I'm chasing them fights, but the main focus at the moment is uh, is Floyd, and then I think apparently Jake and Tommy fight the same night. So yeah. give me the win or the loser of that fight. Well, that's about it for this week. Make sure you've subscribed to our podcast and our boxing channel uh, on YouTube. We're, we're live at Adam Azim next weekend. This young rising star will be there for the live broadcast. And also, listen out for the podcast extra this week with Anthony Yard and Tundi Ajay. What a night we had with them a week ago. What a night we'll have with Adam Azim. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to all our shows, podcast, YouTube, and listen to us live on a Saturday night. From me and Adam Catterall, it's good night. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.